Now, guys, welcome to the show. You and Clyde Yorkshire. This is the station for white women. You're rocking tonight. I told you, man, we've been through some shucks, man. Ugh. Damn, they got shot tonight over some foolishness. And I tell you, God is good and he's keeping me alive. I thank God. I uh, listened to the House representative tell the United States of America, the world, that the government is not sustainable on its trajectory, our debt in real time. You can't even follow it. It moves so fast. We would have to borrow $1.5 just to keep the country open. Some of you still don't take this serious. And you think, we'll just get our guy in there, we'll do something. Something happened, we don't. And it's a real possibility, as much as Trump should win, that somehow they find a way again to keep old Joe in that house. It will be a sad day in this country. You know, we are really killing racism. We're getting rid of hate. And we're stopping wickedness at every turn. It has not been easy. And it's been tedious. The hardest thing to do for a black person in this day and age is to be an upstanding citizen and a role model because people that look like you say that you're terrible. They say you're bad because you don't hate the white man. You don't despise Jewish people. You call the cops. You believe in law and order. Now, guys, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I love Skip Bailey's show, Undisputed. I love what they're doing with it. I love to hear Skip talk. And I wish I had him as a teacher as Little Wayne does. Little Wayne is a Republican. I started to admire him when I figured out him and Trump had a relationship, including Kodak Black, who was pardoned by President Trump. And I asked myself, why did he pardon him? And he pardoned Little Wayne. I know why he did it. Same reason why he befriended 
Kanye West. Mike Tyson. Because the man isn't racist. And the people who know him. They're just not about to sit by and lie. Isn't it nice to be around black people that are Republicans? Next time you see a black man that's a Republican, a conservative, you hug them. You donate to them. You fund them. You ask them if there's anything you can do for them. Because we are hunted now, it seems. Like they're doing the church. They're doing the parents. For taking up for their own children. Like they're doing the parents. For refusing to let. The school boards teach their children filth. Sexual perverted. Concepts. The government is out of control. Law enforcement back is against the wall. If you don't think that the police, the local police, if you think that they don't see what's going on in this country, you're crazy. If you think the Capitol Police, the Marshals, the State Troopers, Homeland Security, TSA, they all know what's going on. And so do you. So do we. We the people. We know what's going on. But we feel helpless. We we were just baffled. That's my favorite guy. Do you agree with me that the Lions got robbed Saturday night at Jerry World? Well, I, I, I will start here first that I do believe, Skip, wow, wow. Wow, wow, on how you open this, talking about that old curse that hung over us for so long, the Jimmy Johnson curse. I don't know what else can explain I don't what happened yesterday. I don't know how you can figure this thing out, that this thing went down the way it went down. And Dallas gets that game, uh, and Philly does what happens in Philly. Yep. I said, man, I said to myself, even at that game, when I left that game, I will say this. I thought, I didn't feel like we won that game. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't feel like we won that game. I was like, oh, my God. And you're headed into the playoffs on that note. And then, of course, all of the halftime stuff, you know, made me feel great. And then, the, then what happened in Philly the next day, I was like, whoa, this is crazy now because now – now, boy, that does open up some things. Does you know it. what I mean? Open up some things to have some home games where the Cowboys didn't play well, did not play well in that game, and I still put that, guys, on that offense. Didn't show up. The defense did, again, a good job, sir, and holding them to 19 points, the same thing they did to Miami. You hold 19 points to me. That's good enough when you are running, running against, running with the number one or number two or number three offense of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's what they've been the last few years. Mm. I just need them to get back to producing that. If the defense stays right where it is and putting out, keeping people to 19 points, those are pretty good, two, two pretty good teams in Miami and Detroit. 
So that Dallas defense, who got gassed in Buffalo, I thought fought back pretty well. But the offense is not doing their part. And that's what I'm worried about right now, Skip. So I did leave that game feeling like, okay, we won. But it didn't feel like we won yeah. the game, to be honest with you guys. All right. Go, Richard. Yeah, I, I don't know if they got robbed, Skip. Um, I thought they were plays in that. Now, I'm going to tell you why I like Skip Bayless. He goes back to the civil rights time. The man's been around. His whole life has been dedicated to sports. So many black men are mistreated in this country. And the white man who runs the whole world. He've always tried to elevate her and raise her to a level of superiority over us as black men. Bringing tension like if this is North Korea and South Korea, China and Taiwan, Saudi Arabia and Iran. This is what he's done. And they've done us no favors by receiving some of the perks and the maritime courtesies. Thanks to them. The black man is always left to pick up the pieces. And we've always pushed peace and unity in this country. While black women has always argued about what they've never got, how they've been treated, what they've been doing. And we have been treated worse than any person on this planet. Black men have been treated 70 times 7 worse than Jewish people. Let's just be honest. We have been treated 55 million times worse than black women. Let us be honest. And because we are men, the white man has never had any mercy on us. Economically. Physically, mentally, he has tried to break us every which away from the four corners of the earth. And been for the last hundred or so years trying to use every perk, loophole in the government to pay black women some sort of service. Especially if she's willing to continue the funding like with South Korea against North Korea. That's what we are. We've become, they've made us a predator. That's what they call it. That's the language they use. We are the enemy because we want the government to keep their psyops out of our neighborhood, dropping crack and weapons in there, using the military. This is all documented, by the way. PBS, C-SPAN, go take a look. And we got called local terrorists because we're trying to stop law enforcement from infiltrating our neighborhoods, our churches, our women, trying to slut them out. If we did not allow them to make the black community look the way it looks today, they called us terrorists. Why don't you want the police in here? Because they're passing out drugs. Why do you got a problem with this mayor? Because at night he puts on the hood and he goes out and his Democratic buddies hang people on trees. It's filthy the way they did us. The deep state. And now here we are. 
We've learned right from wrong. And we're still fighting against the gerrymandering, especially of black Republicans. We treat it like Peter was when he was with Jesus. Oh, you back Trump? Really? Where you where, uh, where you from? Hey, plotting on you. Oh, you a Republican, huh? You know you from around here? You know you uh. Say, come, come, let me talk to you in the alleyway real quick. They formed an alliance that's very dangerous. But I want you to know something. We bringing the wolves with us. Because we black too, nigga. Y'all want a civil war? Good against evil. I would happily fight on the side of a white man to preserve this republic. I would happily cock back my gun and blow the head off of any nigga, white or black, who would seek to destroy this country, turn off our generators. Try and destroy our union. Burn down the country. We got to stop you. You know not what you do. Nigga, you never even read a newspaper. Your stupid ass out here running your th damn mouth. You nigga, you don't even know what's going on, chief. All you know is out you out here having a good time in the earth. Drinking and fucking and shooting and shit. That's what you know. You can call a cop as bad as you want, nigga. You don't know him. You don't know him. Ask Lil Wayne. He didn't know Officer Bob. White man took the nigga to the hospital, saved his life. He didn't know him. He loved Uncle Bob. Now, Lil Wayne is a bitch. He's a fuck that nigga. He think he Illuminati. No, fuck you, buddy. Tired of piece of shits around here. You heard Chris Rock. Can't have shit around here. Niggas shooting up the movie theater. You bastards need to be eliminated. That's the problem. You're not even black people. You're demonic. You kill an old lady for a purse. Shoot up a goddamn funeral. What the hell is wrong with you? Stab a woman to death because she said something to you. She ain't got a dollar. Kill a nigga in the street because he blew the horn at you. See, we need niggas like this up out of here. Hmm? Give me the gun. Officer, I'll do you the favor. I'll blow this nigga head off right now. I'm serious about my children's future. 
and you an enemy of the state, nigga. Now we trying to fucking save this world. See, it was black men, I'm gonna tell you, that put the fear of God in me. I'm gonna tell you, there's some good black men out there. They some of them Freemasons, Shriners. And I was talking crazy. I was mad. I was talking greasy. I was mad at the white man. See, all of us was. Then we figure out what in the hell really going on, right? And it was these black men one time who addressed me. And they was just, their demeanor told me everything. When they pulled up, they secured the perimeter. And they let me know that your nonsense ain't tolerated here, son. Like a, a military general uh, in, a, in a military. Private meeting. You're going to need to stop that, son. These is men that's decorated, you hear me? I ain't going to say shit back besides yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This meeting never happened, sir. I don't know nothing about this here, sir. Thought it was a Freemason meeting. Seriously. I didn't know. I show up. I'm like, yo, something happened to me. This way I'm going. <laughs> Military there. Here, let me tell you something. Huh? You're going to have to stop all that. Niggas kept you safe. God is the one who did all this for you. You got to watch your mouth, chief. I realized what they was telling me. They ain't going to let no piss poor angry nigga talking some goofy, reckless black power shit destroy what these black men's done work for. Some of them married the white women's. Don't matter by any means necessary. White husbands. Don't matter who you're married to. That's not the problem. It matters who the hell you are. Niggas wasn't mad at Tupac for being with Madonna. They was like, man, you better want that white girl. That's some, that's some good pussy. Am I saying something wrong today? I was happy for Tupac. I wanted to smash Madonna. So did Dennis Rodman. Every black nigga in the, in the world. That's some good white coochie. Nigga don't know how to act. You get some good white coochie. Wait till I get me some. Watch. I'm going to get me a baddie, bro. Seriously. Probably catching one of rebound. No kids. Surgeon. Doctor. Watch. Judge. Lawyer. I'm not even kidding you, bro. Because they in my circle, by the way. Watch. I got to take a trip out to Allen. Talk to the judge out there. Tell her Happy New Year's. You heard? I'm plugged in. I'm, a, I'm on a goddamn GOP. I don't move into a city unless I know all the local officials. Because I ain't finna be going through this shit with none of y'all. Just being honest with you. I will straight up and down call on the peoples I need to save me. I'll call the white man in a minute. Black women would too. You ain't gonna call them on me, nigga. I was in a car the other day, and I picked up a buddy. We were going to go play bingo. He's a white buddy of mine. And I let him listen to my latest podcast. He looked like he said, oh, shit, you going to publish that? 
He said, man, you see a nigga too much. I said, let me tell you something, nigga. He started laughing. Oh, man, here we go. I said, no, for real. I played for him this song. I'm going to play it for you right now. Because, see, I don't want to hear no shit about me saying nigga, man. I'm tired of this double standard, man. Y'all go to hell, man. I'm saying what the hells I need to say. The hell with that. Listen to this shit. They, they ain't say nothing about this. Look at this. Listen to this. I just don't have the time for this. Now that I'm using the word and it's being spoken, spoken from a person who's not rapping, it's not jumping through hoops, just talking to you on a podcast, 
somehow some idiots will say, oh man, look how he's using the word nigger. I use it for whites, blacks, Hispanics, just like what whites, blacks, and Hispanics use the word. I don't think I know a Hispanic that's a young person that don't say the word nigger. They don't use it in a derogatory term either. They nigga, you going drive or what? Am I driving? We going to skate, nigga. My name, my niggas, we going skating. They get it, and they use nigga to say, "Hey, that nigga crazy. That nigga gonna shoot somebody." He talking about another Hispanic. We made the word usable, depending on how you feel like using it. Now, I never said I hate black people like I'm a white man who used to hate niggas. I never said that. Because I don't have that type of hate against people's skin. Same skin as mine. I don't. I don't have hate against people because they're black. Or because they have lips or any of those stupid things. I don't. That's not why I'm saying the word nigga. And that's not why Dave Chappelle said it. That's not why Chris Rock said it. That's not why Jay-Z or 50 Cent or even Snoop Dogg used the word nigger. I don't hate people, black people. I don't feel like a racist. I can't be racist. I guess I could. I guess it's technically possible if you leave it up to some of these geniuses. I guess you could be racist. But what the hell I look like being a racist and I'm a black man, came from a black father, came from a black mother, came from a black household. I have black relatives. I mean, who in their right mind would honestly believe that somebody is racist because they don't agree with you, because they tell it how it is, because they like white people, they like Jewish people, they like Arab people, Asians. I like them all. I have zero problems with any of these races. In fact, I wish we learned more from races, different uh, race races around the world, ethnicities, because these people know how to get together. They know how to open up stores, pool their resources together. They respect their women. They don't let people get in and divide them against one another. That Mexican man against the white against the Mexican woman, they would never do what black women are doing. Never. Mexican women ain't built like that. They would never do that. Arab women, I don't care how much they say, that Arab man is bad. That Arab man, he always make you do this. He make you cover your head. He make you lie. He make you cheat. He make you this and that. They would never in a million years say, okay, guess what? Because we've tried it before. We've tried to use the Arab women against some of the Muslim men so we could have an excuse to save them like they're under assault from their own men. And these women told us to go to hell. Mind your goddamn business. You, you, you ain't got no Islamic control over this thing about us and our men. And guess what? We figured that that was a, a lost cause. What we did with black, white, or black women ain't going to work. That ain't going to work on others. They're not going to be like, F our men, just give us some housing projects, some affirmative action and food stamps. We don't need these niggas. We got Jesus Christ. No other woman under this sun 
even a Jewish woman, and under the stuff that the Jewish people went through, the Jewish pe people, to me, second to black people, uh, they have went through so many things in this world. It is unbelievable what the Jewish people went through. And for these people, to not turn on each other like that is remarkable. These people are to be admired. We can learn from Jewish people. We can learn from Arabs. They come even to this country. They open up their stores, make their supermarkets. They cater to you and what you need, and they sell it to you. Hair products, donuts, rice, chicken, fried rice, fried dumplings, whatever you need. They got it. Wigs, weaves, nails, pedicures, manicures. They get it for you. And it's not like these people are cheap. They're serving you. They, they got more money than you. And a country and a currency to go home and send money back to. While you're goofy behind sitting here in this company called America looking stupid. Killing each other over a, a, a color. And when you say these niggas is crazy, why you say a nigga like that? Why you ain't just on it? Look, guys, look. See, this is that ignorant stuff right here. And this is exactly why we're all messed up, isn't it? Isn't it? Tell the truth. Welcome to the God Doggone Show. You on Claude Yorkshire. This is the station for white women. Guys, I'm turned up tonight. Almost, uh, dealt with a very, very, very dangerous, 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 dangerous night. It was actually dangerous, not almost. Got a gun pulled on me tonight. And guess what? By a person who should not have a gun. A nigga. A ignorant nigga who is upset at his life and turned a pistol on me. Now, see, I know the problem is background checks. The problem is not the gun. And it's not stop and frisk. When the average, and this is sad, the average black man who does not have a promise in life thinks that he can pick up a weapon, carry a weapon, point a weapon, or use the weapon to do destructive things. And then wonder why a lot of the black men get pulled over. Like, guys, so greetings tonight. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to bring this energy to the show. But while I'm at it, here we go. Now, peace and blessings to you. Happy New Year's. And I don't know if I've ever said that and meant it that way. It just, you know, Halloween. I don't know what the hollow or the ween is. I, I don't know if the happy or the new year, whatever. Right? For some people, it's not a happy new year. Don't matter. They part of the holiday, though. So, you know, happy new year. Guys, you're on the station for white women. You're on the station for white women. And I feel serious about white women are special to me. 
this really resonates with my spirit. And I want this to resonate with their spirit because I love them a lot. I have a special place in my heart. Every older white woman I see, wrinkled skin or not, I see my grandmother, my auntie, and I treat them good. I'm a different type of nigga. I don't see get back. I don't see color. I don't see division. Then I realized I was on to something. Loving white women was the beginning of me loving myself. It was the beginning of me being happy. It was the beginning of me figuring out the test. The test is not if you can hate somebody. If you can pay them back for what they've done to you. God really does handle that. Whatever the price be, God will find the perfect time. And I want to thank God tonight. I want to thank the universe. Because when that person aimed a firearm at me, I said to myself, Oh my God, this is New Year's Day that this type of stuff happens to me. But moving forward, here we are. I just thought I could take off my boxing gloves for once in my life. But I will tell you this. I don't know what your story is, my friend, but I can tell you this. Whether you take it or not, that's your business. We're going to mention the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We're going to talk tonight. This is a good show. Guys, we're getting rid of racism. I'm a Republican and a conservative. More conservative than anything, but I like the way Republican pop. I'm for the republic. God bless this country. And God bless our military. And our law enforcement. The older you get, you start to appreciate law enforcement. Guys, also, we got our comedy album coming very shortly. Clyde Yorkshire. You're going to absolutely enjoy that. Yeah, I'm releasing my own. Publishing my own. Comedy. Might get it on Netflix. But it's coming. Got my comedy. We're going to tear it up. I've been a comedian since I was younger. I never got paid for it. I did it at the right, wrong times. At funerals, in class. At work. I didn't realize. I wasn't just a jokester. They used to call me laughing boy. Most comedians find the funny in things that ain't funny. And I found the funny in black people. And shit ain't funny. Black people is so damn messed up. It's almost worthless to even be a part of the community. 
But that's how I know that the Bible, the scriptures are correct. They said the only one that can save the people of God is God. They're going to be so messed up. And everything you can think of that you can do to a people or a person has happened to black people. Am I, am, am I, are we at checkpoints or what? Now, I've had a few of you, and i got to put you in your place. Because, yes, this is the station for white women. And as long as white women back what I do, support what I do, I can give a damn, no disrespect, what white men think. And I love my white brothers. I got some good ones. They love me too. And we for the Republican, we patriots. Don't tread on us for some BS. Now, I don't give a damn what black women think. And there's some good black women out there. But there's so few number. I mean, if you ain't an expert on snakes, hell, don't touch none of them. The hell would I? I no. I don't know what's going on around here. Now, I've talked about the democracy, but not the republic. See, we got two Americas here. One by the deep state and one by the United States. Well, one by our government. Our government is weak and it's broken and it's for sale. And I don't know if all this money that's been coming into the Bidens and to others, because I, I, I suspect that Congress is going to unfold some mess with all of the foolishness that's going on in the Biden family. The Clintons ain't, must be ain't too far off. People don't even think Joe running the White House. And y'all talking about we ain't got a problem here. Well, I, I live in, uh, in, in Indiana. It ain't mountain. I don't care. I'm in Dakota. Shit. Hell, I'm out here in Fort Worth. That don't matter to me. It better matter to Yomaha. Because it's Washington that got the border open. It ain't Texas. Texas want the whole close. And you got other silly behind states and supposedly statesmen, but these are politicians, and name fit them. They want them to keep the door. Hey, wait, keep the door open. Let people's in here. We need, well, okay, well, we shuffle them on down to you. Come on to get them, New York. New York said we had enough. I always said, and I'm from that city. I'm from that con that state. I became an upstate nigga after a while. I couldn't fool with down the, the, the boroughs. The hell the boroughs. They don't even know what the boroughs is. It used to be a staple for the slaves. When New York was at the time, before it kind of became the Empire State, it was the New York. The old York was in England and the new one was in New York. And New York became a breeding ground for the wrong things. And you had your 13 colonies and your New England states and all of this stuff. This was under the direction of Europe. And most black people under the veil of ignorance and under the most goofy thing you can think about is up here pointing the fingers at all these white folks who are trying to keep their country intact and clean, public order, public trust, clean, working law enforcement, good court system. And they up here trying to bring it back down to the level of dismantleship. Now, what I'm going to do right now is let a senior Republican who I admire, I don't know too much about him, but before we get to him, I'm going to let the government tell you, Trump has been telling you, but I'm going to let the government tell you how messed up the country is. But before we do that, look at some of the problems we got. Now, just imagine this good old American people. I want the American people to listen to me. 
I got a whole, like this is a church, thousand member in here, plus people who's visiting. But mainly, we got all the white women's up front. We got all of them in the pulpit and, you know, in the pews as well. And I'm preaching today. And I don't feel a way with all them beautiful, man, this looks like a symphony. I got all these damn white women behind me. And you think I ain't going to say it like I'm Frederick Douglass? You think I ain't going to say it like I'm Dr. King? There was a lot of good white women with King, thousands of them. Good white men, too. It was difficult for King to do what he did against those Democrats that in them days. They didn't want to hear that stuff, nigga. You can't vote. The hell are you doing here? Punch that nigga right in his mouth. King. Weaponize the government. Find tapes on him. What did they do? They found the tapes. Showed them to his wife. Oh, he's having an affair. That's not the government's place to do stuff like that. That's what we're talking about. It ain't the government's place to get the still dossier either. Let's listen to North Korea. And look at this. We already got the problem. In Israel, we got ships out there. Listen to this. Weapons. Now, we done lost billions of weapons now. A stockpile and more. To Afghanistan when we fled. Listen to this. We still got shit going on there. Listen, listen at this. Foolishness. Now we got Hezbollah. ISIS probably be back here in a second. And they calling on all the warriors to come out. The jihadists. Now, here's the sad part about it. They coming with most of our weapons. Come on. They coming and had our training. We put most of these niggas together. Trained them. Tried to make them ready for other Muslim nations. Make them ready for Russia. Like we did with Afghanistan. Like we did with Osama. We was with the Houthi rebels and everything. We had, yeah. Next thing you know, Washington out in the District of Columbia, they don't agree with these niggas no more. And now they all they ready to scrap with us. With our weapons. And now we out in Ukraine. Oh boy, listen at this. We out in Ukraine. Just doing the most. Now look at the, the, the look at the third stretch of the fall of the republic listen at this korean leader kim jong-un says u.s policy towards the korean peninsula is making war inevitable kim was speaking at an end-of-year workers party meeting in pyongyang he said deployment of u.s military assets in the region had turned south korea into an american military base kim also announced he'll no longer pursue reconciliation reunification with south korea blaming defense ties between seoul and washington here is Eunice Kim with more from Seoul. 
North Korean state media posting a lengthy statement, essentially encapturing a five-day key political party meeting that wrapped in Pyongyang, which covered everything from the economy to military goals in the new year and the food situation. But what's ca- uh, what's catching the eyes of those in South Korea is North Korea ruling out a peaceful reunification, uh, saying that a military usurpation is the only viable option. Now, Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, is quoted as uh, characterizing the nature of relations between South and North Korea as uh, no longer that of kin or of blood, but of two hostile countries, two belligerents at war, also saying Seoul is a colonized state under Washington, reliant for its security and national defense. KCNA also uh, signaling three new satellite launches in 2024, drone production and other preparation for what it views as inevitable war on the peninsula. Now, since the Korean peninsula was divided some seven decades ago, there has been various scenarios put on the table for a peaceful reunification. But since denuclearization talks in 2019 broke down under then U.S. President Donald Trump and leader Kim Jong-un in Hanoi, communications have basically also been at a halt with Seoul, with Pyongyang. And we're also seeing signs of North Korea tightening its grip on North Koreans accessing any outside South Korean dramas, for example, content of passing out death sentences for watching that. So with this morning's announcement, it appears that North Korea is further solidifying and formalizing its distance and detachment from South Korea. Eunice Kim, Al Jazeera, Seoul. I'm joined now by In Bom Chan, a former South Korean Special Forces commander who is live for us from Seoul. Thank you very much, sir, for being on Al Jazeera. First of all, as we heard there, Kim's warned war is inevitable and ordered the military to prepare accordingly. I mean, how concerning is this, or is it just pure posturing from Kim at this point? Well, from what I've seen, from my experience, North Korea is not new to harsh words and rhetoric. But it is quite concerning that Kim Jong-un himself has uh, made these very strong and harsh comments. So it's unavoidable that the tensions on the Korean peninsula will be a little bit more high than usual. Mm. At, At this point in time, what is North Korea's military actually capable of producing, of of doing? North Korea has a large military, but we've seen that uh, quantity uh, does have its faults when you lack quality. This uh, statement by... Now, guys, take a listen to this. That's one problem that we didn't even factor in. That's like playing spades. And you got the big joker plus the small joker, the ace of spade, and a bunch of other stuff. And at least you got about eight books in your hand. And you say you only got three. We got more problems than the people, the average American who don't know nothing, white or black, about this country. The damn food that's in this country. The damn border that's really open. And the nonsense that's going on in the government. 
the military overstretched and got so many problems. Man, these people need our help. The military needs a damn hug. The damn police need a hug. Bro, we have got the cops don't even want to do the job that the country has gone to shit, man. And y'all keep thinking this is just part of the show. No, the lion is really trying to kill the guy in the cage at the circus. This is not a joke. Tranquilize it. Take a listen to the government tell you how messed up the country is. It can't sustain. That We need to hear from a handful of really key witnesses in this. The, the chairman have issued a, a few dozen. I'm going to let you get to it. I ain't going to take your time. Listen. Any questions you could ask? But I want to ask first, do you believe there should be conditions on any aid for Israel? And then what are your priorities for any red lines for border security? Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, very deliberate negotiations that have been going on on the supplemental, and that happened all the way throughout the Thanksgiving uh, holidays. And um, and it's gone on in earnest, and it will today. I'm going to go visit the uh, our Senate Republican colleagues at their steering lunch uh, in a couple of hours, um, and we'll be talking about that in detail. Um, I, I'm not going to give you a lot of that detail today because some of those negotiations are going on. I'll tell you, with regard to Israel, the House did our job. We passed a bipartisan uh, support package, $14.5 billion, which is exactly what was requested, and we sent it over to the Senate, and it's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk. If they really believe in that priority, they'll take care of it. We added a pay-for, as you all know, and it shocked the system of Washington. We're, we're trying to get back to this fundamental principle of fiscal responsibility. I don't want, and I don't think we should, go and borrow money from some other country to help one of our allies. I think we can take care of our responsibilities, but do it in a responsible manner, and we're trying to reintroduce the idea of fiscal responsibility here. Let me remind everybody here. We have a $33.7 trillion federal debt, I think is the latest figure. If you if you pull up U.S. debt clock on your on your smartphone, you can't even follow the debt with a naked eye. It goes up so quickly. Um, we Moody's has downgraded our credit rating. The Treasury Department announced a few weeks ago that we have to borrow $1.5 trillion over the next two quarters to keep the government in operation. We are not on a sustainable trajectory with regard to spending. And so part of the negotiations on the supplemental, part of the negotiations on the remaining appropriations bills and everything that's on our plate is is viewed by us through that lens that we have to restore this idea of fiscal sanity and so we're, we're pressing that matter with regard to red lines we we believe that the border must be secured and the vast majority of the people in this country agree with us wholeheartedly and when we all went home for thanksgiving and met with constituents and friends and family and had dinner as you all did this was a, a big topic of discussion because people are deeply concerned about their safety and security and all the things, all the societal ills that happen at the border. So that is a top priority for us in all these negotiations to get that secured. And we need policy changes, not just further funding to process people. Um, so you're going to see that as a continuing theme, and I'll, I'll leave it at, at there for now. Hang on, just let me let me go to the back. Let me go to the back. Yes, yeah. The official act that was corrupt that Republicans are alleging today is that when he was Vice President Joe Biden pushed for the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor. This was the subject of the impeachment of, of Donald Trump. And you had a lot of State Department officials who came and said, this wasn't Joe Biden's policy, this was our policy. He didn't do this to benefit his son. He did this because we wanted him to. So did they all commit perjury? Uh, or are you going to bring them back for more interviews? Why, why are Republicans just ignoring 
No, no one's ignoring testimony. Let me tell you the top four pieces of evidence with regard to the Biden. I just got a bullet points here. From 2014 to 2019, Biden family members and their affiliate companies received over $15 million from foreign companies and foreign nationals. These are all facts. Facts are stubborn things. That included Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, Romania, and China. Biden business associates received an additional $9 million. The, the, the chairman here have uncovered a lot of facts. President Biden has, of course, lied at least 16 times about his involvement in his family's business schemes. There are at least 22 examples of Joe Biden speaking with or meeting with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates. The Oversight Committee recently released two checks. You see the graphics up here today. Uh, these checks are to Joe Biden. One is for $40,000 from China, and another is for $200,000 from a now bankrupt healthcare company that his brother James Biden apparently swindled. Listen, this... Op, this uh, this investigation has to continue because, again, as we said, those facts are stubborn things. I, I'm, I'm not going to answer um, outside questions about this. We let the facts speak for themselves, and I think you're going to see a lot more developments over that in the days ahead. That, that was our last question. I appreciate it. Thank you all for being here. These are um, these are serious times, and this is a very serious matter. And I've, I've said many times over the last few years, because impeachment has been an issue that we've all become all too familiar with, that next to the declaration of war, you can make an argument that impeachment may be the heaviest power that Congress holds. That, that constitutional responsibility lies with the House. We, we have a duty to pursue the facts where they lead. John Adams famously said facts are stubborn things, and you heard a recitation of that here this morning. These facts are alarming. They're alarming to the American people. They're alarming to us. And so while we take no pleasure and uh, in the proceedings here, we have a responsibility to do it. We're very proud of the work of these three chairmen that you've seen here, Chairman Comer and Jordan and Smith. They've done an exceptional job in uncovering the obvious corruption. And you've heard it here summarized this morning very succinctly. President Biden and the Biden family. We, we owe it to the American people to continue this process, but to do it methodically and transparently. Many of you know I was on, uh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a constitutional law attorney. I served on President Trump's impeachment defense team twice. And we lamented openly and we decried how the Democrats politicized that process. They were brazenly political and how they, they brought those uh, meritless impeachment charges against the, the president. This, what you're seeing here, is exactly the opposite. We are the rule of law team. The Republican Party stands for the rule of law. And the people in charge of this are doing this thoroughly carefully, methodically, they're investigating and gathering all the facts. And to do this appropriately and to do it in a manner that upholds our constitutional responsibility requires time. It, it requires a sound process. You don't rush something like this. You can't if you're going to have fidelity to the Constitution. These chairmen are committed to proceeding in that manner. And that's what you're seeing. We, we've heard from whistleblowers, Biden business associates, legal experts, and now we have reached the point in the investigation that we need to hear from a handful of really key witnesses in this. The, the chairman have issued a, a few dozen subpoenas, and we expect that those are to be complied with in an expeditious manner. We're not prejudging this. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. Again, that's our constitutional duty. And, and I fully support our chairman and their efforts, and we'll have a lot more to share on this in the days ahead. We'll take a few questions if you want to do that. Manu, front. Uh, there's also going to be a vote on the House floor tomorrow to expel one of your members, George Santos. You have not said that you support this. Do you support expelling George Santos? Um, I'll say this. We had a, uh, a Republican conference meeting in the last hour. 
to help one of our allies. I think we can take care of our responsibilities, but do it in a responsible manner. And we're trying to reintroduce the idea of fiscal responsibility here. Let me remind everybody here. We have a $33.7 trillion federal debt, I think is the latest figure. If you if you pull up U.S. debt clock on your on your smartphone, you can't even follow the debt with a naked eye. It goes up so quickly. Um, we Moody's has downgraded our credit rating. The Treasury Department announced a few weeks ago that we have to borrow $1.5 trillion over the next two quarters to keep the government in operation. We are not on a sustainable trajectory with regard to spending. And so part of the negotiations on the supplemental, part of the negotiations on the remaining appropriations bills. So maybe some of us... <laughs> And y'all heard me in the background. I was just, <laughs> I was just like, yo, man, what nigga, yo, who's talking to me? Yo, yeah. some some foolishness happened uh, early today, and uh, it really just it really bothered me. And I was just sitting there, like, I know this situation did not happen. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. If you know a little bit, then that's fine. Uh, so listen at this. This is the House Speaker, kind of second in command from the president and he says the government is cannot uh sustain under this trajectory we, we can't sustain a government like this it'll collapse the, the debt is unreal that's another problem by the way and somehow we have this abysmal spending and leadership doing the craziest things and a lot of black women who don't know any better they think that they're helping the country when it's doing this crazy foolishness that is going to leave and lead the world into the wrong place, starting with us. This is not something that gets fixed at some point. This is a true and serious problem that we're having in this country. People are starting to look for places to live. People who know better know this country can't stay open the way it is. It's, it, it won't work. It, it ain't nobody being funny or being disrespectful or being weird. It, it's just simply, it's we're so messed up right now. It's not even funny. Um, I, I can't even call how we even get started with fixing um, some of the issues that we have right now. Um, we're so far out, guys. Um, and again, and, and I, I'm making this because people could say, you can't be a real Republican talking back down on the country. And we're not talking down on the country. We're telling the people the truth that the Ukraine war is over. It is lost. And we, we jumped in and had no business doing that against Russia. Like, we are really moving wrong. If you knew the amount of people who died in Ukraine, the president, he's going to have to be, they're going to oust him anytime. The Ukrainians, they're going to get him out of there. Now, he tried to do all of this stuff, and look what happened. He's left with bodies after bodies after bodies, and we have spent treasure after treasure after treasure after treasure. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then if that's not enough, still happening live, our presence in North Korea, 
as if we need to be escalating tensions there. And if we think for some reason that it makes sense to start wars on at least, quote unquote, two to three different peninsulas, two to three different hemispheres, a war with North Korea would be as tragic as having one with Iran. And we're even talking about having a war with Iran. See, some of y'all think this is just talk. We do stuff like that just to, you know, keep them to back down. Guys, you don't understand. This ain't a game. Then we even talking about tensions with China over Taiwan. I mean, what if we do somehow get into it, accidentally shot fired, North Korea and South Korea get into it? You got the U.S. in the middle of this fight now. At the same time, Israel is attacked now by multiple people. Different, two, three different countries now. Now, this shit is, this shit is on that down there. Iran definitely preparing. They ringing the bell because it's on. Saudi Arabia, they don't know what they're going to be doing. Waiting to hear from somebody. They see the collapse of the U.S. and all its allies are afraid now. This is not working out the way we expected it and we didn't think this thing through. So now, thank you, God, for keeping me alive. I love you too much. You do too much for me. God does too much for me. Listen at this. Now, Russia and us is at each other's throat as well. And they ain't going to sit by and let a lot of this war go down. Neither is China. If you start a war with North Korea, guaranteed you're never, ever, ever, ever getting out. Never. The Chinese will keep us there eternally. The Koreans will keep us there eternally. We are doing way too much. And y'all think somehow magically one day Canada just going to get up and help? You think Germany going to help? Now, you get to not think about this kind of stuff, don't you? 